Hello everyone, welcome to the Archives Get Podcast, Episode 7, The History of You and Me. Before we get started, I want to dedicate this episode to my grandparents, Paula and Andre Snells, especially my grandpa who passed away in the spring of 2019. They are the reason I love history and why it's become my passion. Thank you for sharing your story with me. I also want to say thank you to everyone who supported the podcast so far since it launched last summer. I've had a blast sharing the history of Cambridge with you all and look forward to continuing the journey through our past. We have so much to be proud of and it's been such a pleasure sharing it with you. Now we've done the history of Galt, Preston, and Hessler, as well as some of the more influential individuals in our past such as William Dixon, Absalon Shade, Jacob Hessler, and John Earp. For this episode, we're going to shine a light on ourselves. This time out, we're going to study family histories specifically the field of genealogy. Genealogy is the study of families, family history, and the tracing of our lineages. This has become extremely popular in recent years, mainly with the advent of websites such as Ancestry, MyHeritage, and 23andMe. These tools help people uh, put together the pieces that form the puzzle that is our family histories. I myself have got caught up in this craze. I'm also going to talk about how important asking questions of your relative is in, is in filling the blanks of your family story. On this episode, I'm going to explain how to go about researching your family history, and I will use these methods along with my story as an example. If you haven't listened to the prologue, I'll tell you a little about myself. I've been a history buff for as long as I can remember. It all started with my grandparents, who immigrated to Canada from Belgium in 1956. As a kid, I would constantly ask them about what it was like growing up in Belgium, especially during the Second World War. My family comes from a town in the northern part of Belgium called Tournout. My grandparents were born there in 1932 and 1934, respectively. They were children during the war years, but both remembered quite a bit. It was these stories that kick-started my passion for history. This is the first step you should take to research your family history. Now, if you are older, this may not be possible, so I'll go into other methods you can use as well. However, if you still have a grandparent or either of your parents, I suggest you start there and ask questions of them about what their childhood was like. Um, You won't regret it. Trust me, you will if you don't. Take the time to listen to their stories. Document them if you can. I spent years talking to my grandparents and my mom and dad to get a better idea of what made them the people they are and where they came from. Their stories uh, dictated how mine began. You might even want to record interviews with them, telling uh, you um, their stories. Oral histories are an incredible way to preserve these stories as they come from the people who live them. This is one area I wish I had done with my grandparents. I have a lot of good stories I remember, and I have and will continue to be documenting them on paper. I recently purchased a journal to handwrite, yes, handwrite my family history to go along with uh, my digital collection. Documents like this, um, documenting, sorry, things like this on paper or electronically is a great way to preserve these stories. I went on a family history trip uh, to Europe in 2016, and I would sit on my laptop at the end of each day to document uh, the day's activities. It's so great to look back now, almost five years later, and be able to remember the details of such amazing adventure. Before we go into that, we need to talk more about how I got to that point and the resources I used. 
I spent years discussing my family history with my family. My grandparents on my mom's side were from Belgium, as I said, so they were able to fill me in on that part of the story. My dad's side was a little more difficult. My paternal grandfather died long before I was born, and my grandmother died when I was 15. I'm 40 now. Before I became the history-obsessed nerd that I am today. So I had to rely more on my dad's knowledge, along with some good old-fashioned detective work. My grandfather's side was from Germany, I knew that, and had been in Canada for over a hundred years. The same went for my dad's mom's family, except they were from Ireland. My dad could fill in some of the blanks uh, for some of his family, and I ended up using Ancestry to help with the others. Ancestry has made genealogy and the study of family history extremely popular and much easier. Ancestry has its roots in uh, the records of the Church of Latter-day Saints. The Mormon Church is famous for their amazing record-keeping and um, the access to its archives. Today, Ancestry um, is a massive network of records from all over the world. They claim to have access to over 10 billion records and over 3 million paid subscribers. This includes many birth, death, and marriage records. They aren't the only ones uh, uh, doing uh, this sort of work, as there are others, including 23andMe and MyHeritage, among others. Ancestry offers a free 14-day trial. I used this and was able to find a significant amount of information related to my family that I previously didn't know. I was able to trace the Schmaltz family back to the 1500s with my ninth great-grandfather, Christian Schmaltz. I was even able to discover my family's uh, ancestral home in Germany. It's a small uh, town in the Black Forest area of Baden-Württemberg, uh, Germany, which is in the southwest part of the country. I even found a few photos and portraits of some of my more recent ancestors. I was also able to learn more about the Irish side of my family um, using Ancestry as well. Some of this information even came after the trial period ended. So if you're concerned about the price, it's definitely worth the free trial, and you, even with the free account. The local library also has access to Ancestry as long as you have a library card. Another cool aspect of Ancestry is another service they offer called Ancestry DNA. This involves you purchasing a DNA kit in which you can provide a saliva sample that is then mailed to one of their DNA labs. After a short waiting period, you are e um, emailed notifying you that uh, your results are complete. From there, you log into Ancestry and view your DNA profile. For my results, they were for the most part what I expected. I'm 27% Germanic which makes sense as my paternal grandfather was of German descent. Next, 25% England and Northwestern Europe. This matches up with my mom's side of the family as they come from Belgium. Then I'm 19%, 15%, and 4% of Scottish, Irish, and Welsh, which lines up with my paternal grandmother's side being from Ireland. Then came the surprise. It turns out I'm of 10% Swedish descent. I'm thinking it may relate to my German heritage somehow, but I can't be sure as I've never heard any of, of my family roots being in Scandinavia. So was it worth it? I think so, as it helped uh, confirm much of my previous knowledge and offered a surprise. If you get, if you get the chance, I recommend trying it. They tend uh, to go uh, for about $120, uh, the Ancestry DNA kits. But they go on sale every once in a, once in a while, and um, they did when I bought it, and I purchased it on Amazon for about $60. There are also other ways of researching your family history. 
You can lose local, uh, use local history websites such as Waterloo Region Generations, a volunteer site that attempts to document every person who have ever lived in Waterloo Region. There's also findagrave.com to look up where someone is buried. I've also found the local Facebook pages uh, about memories of Cambridge, Galt Preston and Hesport and its predecessor communities useful as well. The big thing to remember is that these tools can help answer some of your questions. But the one thing I notice is that for every question answered, another is raised. It becomes a really uh, fun hobby that can be frustrated, but when you find one clue, it sometimes opens up a whole new area for you to research. There's usually one person in a family who becomes the family historian or detective. Why not make that person you? Now we've gone over how you can research your family history. Now I'm going to show you how to put it, how I put it in action. As I noted above, I traced my family history back to Europe, and in the summer of 2016, I visited there to retrace where my mother and father's sides of the family come from. I've always wanted to go, but I could never find the time or was worried about how expensive it would be and whether I could convince anyone to go with me or not. I ended up choosing to do a solo uh, adventure as it made more sense. I was able to dictate my own schedule and spend time wherever I wanted. It is also incredibly easy to get around as I traveled by train. In early 2016, two of my friends who are university profession, uh, professionals from the Netherlands had been on a sabbatical in Canada, and I had met them at my gym. They were getting ready to return to, to Holland and said that anybody who ever wanted to visit had a place to say, stay. This got me to thinking. I had the perfect opportunity here, and I'd probably never get a chance like this again. So after uh, crunching some numbers, I decided to go for it and booked a two-week trip to Europe for the summer of 2016. I would start by visiting my friends in the Netherlands. First, though, I added a bonus stop as I needed a stopover before arriving in Amsterdam. I chose Iceland as it had become a huge tourist destination over the past decade. So I began my adventure there with a 10-hour stopover, and while it didn't have any connection to my family history, it was too great of an opportunity to uh, not take up. I absolutely loved Iceland and the Netherlands. I would love to go into detail about them. This episode is about family history, so we'll skip ahead to my time tracing that. On July 27, 2016, I arrived in my mum's hometown of Tournout by taking the high-speed rail train from Amsterdam. Tournout is a city of about 40,000 in the eastern part of Belgium, close to the border with the Netherlands. Belgium has two official languages, French, which is mainly spoken in the southern Wallonian region, closer to France, and Flemish, a form of Dutch spoken in the northern region of Flanders. I've been dreaming of visiting this city my whole life, and as my grandparents uh, had told me about growing up, had told me about growing up um, there since I was a little kid. So anyone who knows me, as I said, I'm a huge student of history, and this was a chance to follow in the footsteps of my family history. This had become especially important for me as my grandparents had gotten older. For a long time, I, I never thought I would ever get this opportunity, but thanks to my friends, Jamie and Adow, I finally had the chance to realize this dream. So thanks, guys. You really, really um, helped me with that. So I had arrived in Tournout, um, Belgium, and about only an hour or so after I arrived, I received a phone call from the front desk informing me that I had a visitor. This visitor was my cousin, Robert Peters. 
We were supposed to meet first thing in the, mor uh, the next morning, but he was so excited to meet me and show me around that he arrived early. So Robert is my grandfather's nephew. His father and my grandfather were half-brothers. My great-grandmother's first husband was Robert's grandfather, and he fought in the First World War. He was wounded and was exposed to poison gas during the war. He suffered a great deal and died a result of that about six years after the war. My great-grandmother remarried, and my grandfather was born later from that marriage. Hopefully that makes sense. Anyway, Robert came to see me, and we got started exploring turned out a day early. We walked around the city square, which was absolutely beautiful. I couldn't help but notice how busy city centers are in Europe. There is little car traffic, and city centers are optimized for public transport and pedestrians. Turnout has a population about one-third the size of Cambridge, and it must have been about ten times as busy. I got to visit a few sites that have significance in my family history. The first was St. Peter's Church, the church where my grandparents were married. It was massive, probably about twice the size of anything that we have around here. Next was the place where my grandmother grew up. It's now a restaurant in the city square. Years ago, there was a gas station on the first floor where the restaurant is now. Above that is where my grandmother's family lived. Another reason this place is significant is this is where my grandparents first met. As my grandmother was working as an attendant at the gas station, it served my grandfather on his motorcycle. She overfilled his gas tank to 50 francs instead of 35 because she was so smitten with him. You could say that it was love at first sight. Later, we got uh, to another personal site for me, the house my grandfather grew up in. I've been told about this house for as long as I can remember, and it was amazing to finally see it in person. As I've said, both my grandparents grew up during the war, and it was a very difficult experience for both of them, especially for my grandpa. His house was bombed and rebuilt twice. I decided before this uh, trip what I would do for gifts for them. I took photographs of myself in front of the childhood homes of both my grandfather and my grandmother, and I would have the photographs developed professionally and I'd give it to them as presents. It was awesome, as when I got home, they were both blown away. I've never seen my grandpa cry like uh, he did that day. We also stopped at a cemetery, and Robert told me an incredible story um, related to my family history. So I mentioned how my great-grandmother on my grandfather's side had been married once before, and her husband had died after suffering from the effects of a gas attack during the First World War. Well, we arrived at a cemetery uh, outside of Turnau, and the cemetery contained the grave of Charles de Brockville, Prime Minister of Belgium. After losing um, her first husband during the after the First World War, my great-grandmother became an advocate uh, for war widows and the need for more support from the Belgian government. She had lobbied uh, Prime Minister uh, de Brockville, and um, he had helped uh, provide more assistance for those women who lost husbands in the war fighting for Belgium. I felt a real sense of admiration for a man I never knew existed up until that point. And this story was really important to my own, as this uh, support uh, given to my great-grandmother, it gave her the opportunity to restart her life, which she did when she later met my great-grandfather. Robert also confirmed a really cool story 
uh, my grandparents told me um, growing up. I noted that Grandpa's house was blown up during the war a few times. Well, after their town was liberated by the Allies, the local cafe was being used as a base by Allied soldiers, and my great-grandma was given a great opportunity. She and her family could live at the cafe. All they had to do was run it, and they did just that. My grandpa told me how the Allied soldiers would call her mum since she treated them so well and let them visit uh, the cafe uh, after hours. My grandpa would hang out with the soldiers and learn a few English words here and there. He even told me how he met a soldier from some place in Canada called Preston. My grandma noted that they also knew another person from Turnout who ended up moving to Preston later on. Um, so Preston eventually was the place where my grandparents would settle after leaving uh, Belgium for Canada. It's amazing how these little events shaped their lives and, to be honest, created mine. They had other options when uh, they decided to leave. They could have moved to the Congo in Africa, which was then a colony of Belgium. Grandma had also told me that they had the option to live in Saskatchewan, but decided against it as they would have had to work on a farm for two years before being able to strike out on their own. Because of these events, they made their way to Preston, Ontario, settled there, and built a life. My mom ended up meeting my dad, and later on I was born. I love being able to understand my life more that I know what happened to make it possible. As I emphasized uh, earlier, it's so important to ask questions and listen to the stories from your family. Before calling it a night, we had dinner at a local pub, and I had my first taste of real Belgian beer, De Cognac uh, from Antwerp. It was delicious. This was the end of my first day in Tournau, and the next day I got up early so I could uh, do uh, one quick last walk around the city. I remember feeling how much I was really going to miss this place. It felt like home, even though I was only there for two days. Also during my time in Tournout, Robert introduced me to his mom, Gusta, who was married to my grandfather's brother, Mill. Gusta was amazing to meet. I had such a blast getting to know her. Um, she, uh, I believe, is now about 96 years old. Um... And it was just a pleasure to meet someone that had been a part of the family for so long. Like the, the feeling you get when you meet them, they may be strangers when you meet them, but you have some sense of feeling like, okay, there, there's some kind of connection between us. So it was really amazing um, to, uh, to get that. Like I'll never forget the family I met and the generosity they displayed. My cousin Robert was so generous with me that I felt like I'd known him for years. Family really matters. No matter how far away you live from each other, um, he had visited Canada when I was a boy, and he never forgot how my grandparents had treated him, and he wanted to return the favor. So after my time in turnout uh, sadly had to come to an end, I ended up uh, spending uh, about three or four days in France. First, I spent time in Normandy looking at uh, the different sites from the Second World War and uh, eventually made my way to Paris. So after Paris, it was time to head to explore the Schmaltz side of the history. So after a short uh, stay there, uh, I had to get up early and leave for my next stop, which was Fischerback, Germany. Now I know what you're thinking, where in the world is Fischerback? And why would you go there, Dan? 
Well, I'm glad you asked. I mentioned earlier that I signed up for Ancestry.ca and gave the 14-day trial a go. For the most part, I have found a lot of useful and accurate information on it. I traced the Schmaltz family back to the 16th century, as I said, with a man named Christian Schmaltz. I had also found a common region of Germany where my relatives came from, and even a town. So, like I said before, it was in Baden-Württemberg, um, and it was Fischerbach, the town. I'd always believed growing up that the Schmaltzes came from Bavaria, seeing as our family is Catholic, and uh, southern Germany tends to be Catholic, but it uh, turns out from the, uh, the state of Baden-Württemberg and southwest, right next to Bavaria. And my family uh, hometown is Fischerbach. Now, it's a town of about 1,700 people, right in the middle of the Black Forest. Uh, in doing my research, I found that my great-great-grandfather was the first of my family to be born in Canada. His name was Engelbert Schmaltz, and he was born in Maryhill, Ontario, in 1853, which was, at one point, Maryhill was called New Germany. I wanted to see the place where my family came from in Germany, and I booked uh, a night at uh, a local bed and breakfast, only uh, one of uh, the two hotels in town, called the Hotel Gasthof Krona. I woke up at 5.30 in the morning to leave Paris, which I had visited, like I said, for a day after leaving Belgium, and I took a high-speed train into Germany. From there, it was uh, another train ride to the city of Elfenberg. Fischerbeck, as I mentioned, is already is like, is really small. So they don't actually have a train station of their own. So I had to find a way there. I found a, a train ticket to the city of Hasloch, which is right next to it. Now it turns out that there are normally buses that take you the rest of the way from Hasloch into uh, Fischerbeck. Unfortunately for me, they don't run those on Tuesdays. So due to this unfortunate circumstances, I had to walk three kilometers into the mountains with my luggage to reach the end. It was exhausting, as I had already walked about 15 kilometers the day before in Paris, but I grinded it out and made it there in about an hour. I knew this would be a very small town, but I had no idea until I reached it how small it was. There really wasn't much of a, a, a town center, and uh, but it was, the town was surrounded by beautiful mountain ranges and the Black Forest. I was hoping to learn more about the area, but I didn't have a lot of time and was very tired from the journey there. I ate uh, dinner that evening at the inn. Um, I had schnitzel, of course, which uh, was amazing, uh, plus a local beer um, called uh, Ketterer uh, Beer. After that, I caught up uh, a little on my uh, photo uh, uploading and uh, my uh, daily journal of my trip and called it a night. The next day, I walked around the area uh, of Fisherback and took some photos. While I didn't learn as much about my family as I would have liked, I did learn that there are so many schmaltzes in this area that the owner thought that I was a local. Good thing is I, I know a little bit of German, and it came in handy there. I have to mention that I was extremely grateful to the owner for um, having somebody drive me to the street, train station uh, back, as I was not looking forward to making the uh, same uh, three-kilometer walk. Uh, again, even if it was downhill. Fischerbach was a beautiful place, and I'm glad I got to set foot in the last place the Schmaltz family lived in Germany. So there you have it. A few tips on um, how to research your family history, and my own real-life example of how much fun you can have doing it, and the amazing results that can come from it. I hope you enjoyed learning a bit about my family history, and can take some of this information and use it to do uh, your own research. 
The history of you is just as important as the history of our community, because without these stories uh, of you, there would be no community. As usual, if you haven't already, please follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also follow the Facebook page and the Instagram page for more updates. Thanks for listening to this episode as we continue to explore our story.